Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hue I Do. This is part two of the Our Blackness in the Wedding Industry conversation. Today, we are continuing that conversation with a different group of ladies in the wedding industry. This is another lengthy episode, but if you enjoy part one, I know that you will enjoy part two. Before we jump into this episode, we would like to thank all of our Hue I Do listeners. If you enjoy listening to us, please rate our episode on iTunes. We will forever be grateful. Now, without further ado, let's get to it. So for anyone that's listening, this is the second week of our race and the wedding industry conversations. Um, We have four very, very amazing wedding vendors with us tonight. They range in uh, what they do in the industry and where they are located and level of experience and just everything. I mean, all four of these women are simply awesome. So I'm really excited to talk to them about this very important topic. Like I said last week, this was a topic we wanted to do for a while. It just kind of came to us sooner than we expected, but I'm just going to get the show started now. Each of you, we kind of want you to go around and just kind of let us know like who you are, where you're located, what you do, all that good stuff. So we'll kick it off with you first, B. Um, so I am B Gandy. I am a bridal makeup artist here in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I'm saying here, like all of us are here. Mm-hmm. I don't know where all y'all are, but <laughs> well, I know Ashley's in Atlanta. Um, and I'm Ethiopian. I was raised in DC area, and I've been in Atlanta for a very long time. <laughs> nice, thank you. You're welcome. All right, Ashley. Hey guys, I am Ashley Nicole Strickland with Ashley Nicole Photography. I am here in Atlanta and I am a wedding and lifestyle photographer. And I love this podcast. I love y'all. Thank you. you. We love you too. All right, Cara, you're next. Hi everybody. I'm Cara Davis Little. I'm based in Washington, D.C. and I'm a wedding planner and coordinator. Awesome. Thank you. And Wendy? Hi, my name is Wendy Huggins. I am from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I do event planning and design. And my emphasis is doing personalized events because I like to create memorable experiences and wonderful memories. Awesome. I don't think we've ever spoken to anybody from Canada, so I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, because we've been following you for a while, so I'm glad we were able to get you on the show. Yes, glad to Um, be here. Yes. So, all right, I'll ask the first question. Um, So kind of like within this last, hmm, what's it been, over a week now, like what have y'all been kind of watching or listening to or doing to kind of like get away from everything that's going on right now? I know for me, unplugging from social media and turning off the TV, one of my favorite TV shows is Friends. So I literally have just kind of told myself we're not going to watch CNN or the news. And I've just been popping in DVDs um, of friends for the past couple of days. And it's helped a lot because I was it, it was getting pretty rough for me. It was messing with my sleep and everything. So I was with you, Ashley. Um, I deleted my Instagram app several times over the past two weeks. I keep re-downloading it because... I feel like I'm out of the loop when I'm not looking, but then I need breaks. So yeah, I did the same. I I deleted my Instagram. I logged out of Facebook because I don't know my password. So that was easy. You know, so logging back in was harder to do. Um, 
And to be honest, I've been praying a lot because, you know, I'm nervous about anytime my husband leaves the house, like I'm literally scared. Um, And so I've been doing a lot of praying and that's really been helping as well. So I actually have not necessarily unplugged. Um, I love journalism. Um, I watch the news like I watch, (laughs) like people watch reality TV. Um, But what I have changed is that I have not been engaging in unnecessary dialogue. And typically, I'm, I don't want to say that I'm like a debater, but if I have valid points, I like to make them. <laughs> um, but it's not always like a healthy place to be when you are conversing with people who have absolutely no sense. And so I have decided that I'm not going into the comment section. I'm not like, I'm not, we're not open for dialogue at this point. If I have something to say, I want to say it. And that's it. Like, don't come over here trying to disagree with me. Don't come over here with your two cents because I really don't care. Um, (laughs) And that's just kind of where I've been with it and it's been a much healthier you know way of dealing and processing everything um and aside from that i've just been working you know behind the scenes on uh, business and that has really helped me kind of center my focus and not like like completely absorb all of the external stuff noise so i was feeling really overwhelmed and um the best thing for me was i would limit my time on social media I definitely wouldn't check it first thing in the morning because I didn't want to start my day with all those feelings of fear and anxiety and confusion. And I garden. And I've been, I mean, in Toronto, here our weather, we just warmed up about a month ago. So I've been itching to get outside. So for me, that's been my release. And we've had some really nice weather. So I've been gardening. And that has been my release. And then when I come in in the evening, then I've just been binge watching Money Heist. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. It's, um, and that, that's just how it's been for me. I really had to limit my time and limit my conversations with people as well. Minimize the WhatsApp posts that were coming and I wouldn't even open a lot of them because it just felt like you're being bombarded with all the messages. So just really separating myself from some of the personal conversations as well as limiting my time in social media. I can agree with all of you all. Um, I try to limit. However, you know, like when I get off of work, like that's like my time to like de-stress. And so like, I just have a habit of like going to my Instagram and like just scrolling. I've cried a lot and I'm not quite sure if it's just because my, um, my little monthly's going on, but like, I've just been crying. <laughs> um, and so, uh, how have you all handled, I guess, like the attention um, have you all gotten a lot of attention from, you know, other people, other vendors? Has like your following grown? Um, you know, because right now we're on a let's follow all of the black vendors. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. let's go out and support everyone. Uh, we have gained like a lot of white followers um, and it's kind of like they just came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm happy, you know, but uh you know, it was also a little overwhelming, but but in a good way. So how has that attention been for each of you? I mean, for myself, I gained a few followers, maybe in the last week. Um, but what I did find were people that I didn't have much contact with, um, maybe vendors I've met at conferences and so forth, they would now start messaging me. 
or one person had created um, a story. And in her story, she highlighted black women that she knows in the event industry. And I was one of the people that she had tagged in the story. Oh, okay. That was, I thought that was quite nice because her and I kind of had limited contact. So for her to reach out in that way was meaningful for me. My Instagram, I don't have that many followers yet, but Anomaly, I don't know if y'all have heard of them. They're a big bridal brand. They um, mentioned us in like their black vendors to follow, which I thought was like insane. Cause like I said, we don't have that many followers. And then they followed us. So oh, wow. okay. I thought that was interesting because I was like, they would not have given a darn about my little, my little business if it weren't for all of this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a catch-22. But yeah, that was the biggest thing that's happened with her. Okay. Yeah, I agree, um, Cara. I kind of feel like it is somewhat of a catch-22 because it's cool and it's nice because um, you are able now to like connect with other vendors that you may have not under normal circumstances come into contact with. And uh, I have gained a lot of white followers. And I don't know, it's kind of like at the same time, you know, all of these companies and brands are like scrambling, okay, about to like sweat out their perms, trying to now make sure that they are like on the right side of history or on the right side of this issue or trying to, you know, be vocal about, even if they really felt this way, they hadn't been vocal about it before. So like they want to be vocal about it now, um, mm -hmm. including a lot of, you know, bridal publications and a lot of wedding based brands and businesses. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, okay. Brides magazine, that's cute and all, but where's the representation? Where has the representation been? You have no black women on your covers other than a whitewashed version of Sierra and Serena Williams. So it's like, okay, that's cute, but I'm scrolling through all of your issues and I'm scrolling through your website and all of your pages. And so like this black square to me now today, is just kind of like very side eye for me. Um, and I mean, I guess, you know, on the more positive side of it, like, okay, well, maybe now you kind of see, you know, or you are under more understanding of what the issues are. Um, so I don't want to say that it's like, just because you had a certain mindset before, or you were, you know, ignorant or unaware before that you can't wake up today renewed and, um, you know, with a different perspective. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you still have an all-white staff, so are you going to hire more black and brown people, or are we just going to talk about it? <laughs> like, well, that's, I want to see action. Yeah, and to piggyback off what you're saying, be like, I, I agree with you. It's like, on one hand, you don't want to shun people or and brands for, you know, changing their perspective and seeing things differently. But on the other hand, it's like, really, y'all are just putting stuff out because everyone else is doing it. And if you don't, like, you just, you look bad. And so you're doing this to save face and you're not putting black people on your boards. Mm -hmm. There's nobody black on your marketing teams. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you know, picking all the, the random token black people, you know, reposting black people's weddings who, you know, you don't know anything about, like, you're just, you're just using it as an opportunity to, to for optics. And so it's hard to distinguish between that. Like Wedding Wire has been going back and saying, oh, like, I know Ashley was talking to them on Twitter, like, oh, you know, we, we've found the error of our ways and we've put together a committee and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and it's like, but who's on the committee? Like, right. people are on the committee. So 
Yeah, I agree. It's 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 cool, and I I see what they're doing, but it's also it seems to be like a a sheep mentality. Like, let me just do it because everybody else is doing it. Right, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get dragged at this point because like, right, people are getting active, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And then right. you know, like wedding wire and the knot. Um, like I understand that it's like LGBT month and and all that kind of stuff, but like. You don't have to merge those two issues. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to make a post and, like, try to cover everything and everybody. um, Mm -hmm. Because while it's an important issue, they're two very different issues. I think what the importance, too, is it's too early for us to call it. I mean, the really important thing is to see if there's long-term change and see how they make the change. Because I know a few months ago, um, I believe it was H&M, they had another faux pas where they had an advertisement campaign or a campaign running with um, children after school. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that. And, um, mm-hmm. and they had a black girl in there who most likely had type 4C hair mm-hmm. and hair was not looking cute in the ad. And a lot of people wrote in complaining about it. So, I mean, there is that balance where, okay, if you want to include us, I think there needs to be some education first before you include us. So, mm-hmm. for example, using that same campaign, you know, somebody should have been on site to know that little girl's hair needs to be brushed up. You know, it didn't look presentable for advertisement at all. Has nothing to do with being natural. I'm natural, you know, so it wasn't that cry. But I think the important thing is if you're going to start including us in your ads, you're going to start including us on your teams and things like that. You really need to learn a lot about us, understand what our issues are before mm-hmm. you can say you're going, to, you're going to start now diversifying. I agree. Like I remember seeing over the weekend when, what was it? Was it Brides that came out with their like top 100 list or whatever? And it was nice to see like a lot of vendors that we've either talked to or like had relationships with get listed but they're listed in the top 100 black vendor lists not just included in any other list just because and Mm so part of it feels like okay you're taking away a little bit because it's like they're black wedding vendors you know like they're Mm -hmm. amazing but over there you know Um, they created this other list for us. Yeah. And another thing that kind of like low key irked me about it was that I was like, who, who, where'd you get these names from? Was it like one of those posts where it's like, Hey, tag your favorite wedding vendor down here. And they just looked and was like, that's exactly okay. what it was. Yep. Okay. We got like five of them. We got three of them. Cause there wasn't even like a equal number. It wasn't even like 10, 10, 10. It was like, I think like three DJs, like what? It, like it, it made you feel they, like they didn't put any thought into it. It's like, yeah. they didn't get it to pacify. And like, that's kind of yeah. my issues. I, on the photography side, I see it. A little different because like you know we're trying to submit um galleries and stuff to be published in these types of magazines and they ignore us you know i know of several people who have other platforms they started a long time ago for um african-american brides and they were pitching them to these companies to try to get them to see like you're not servicing these brides you know here's an idea and they never took them up on them so for mm-hmm. me it's kind of i teeter with it because on the one hand i'm thankful and grateful that okay at least now you're paying attention but part of me is like why did it take this long you know 
Mm -hmm. I just, I really don't understand why it took this long. So then for you to just throw these lists together, all of a sudden now on your Instagram feed, you're tagging all these people. It's kind of like, well, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with it. I'm very grateful for it. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I've seen a, a, a huge uptick in followers and most of them are white. And like I said, I don't have a problem with that, but it's almost like I'm really dissecting to see what's genuine and what's not. Yeah. Yeah. That I agree with you too. And the thing that I want to see is like how they're going to promote black vendors and black brides in the, in the year, you know, the months and years to come. Like is, I certainly foresee a sharp decline in the support of black vendors as well as posting black brides. I mean, even with certain venues, they, you know, have no black brides on their website. And then all of a sudden during this, you see, you know, five weddings pop up and it's like, it shouldn't take all this. And is it going to continue is my question. I think that's where we have to really be careful and not that we have to be on them, but, you know, really pay mm -hmm. attention. And did you just put out this statement or, you know, where are you donating your money? You know, what programs do you have? Have you changed out or added any positions on your leadership team to include us? Because just like Wendy was saying, if there had been one of us on, you know, staff when all of that happened with H&M, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have had that little girl <laughs> out with her hair looking all, you know, looking a mess. Mm -hmm. And even if there were, I don't know if they were in a position where people would listen to them, you know, or not. I wasn't, you know, there to see. But I know if I was there, something would have been said. Exactly. And, and I feel the same way, too, Ashley. It's moving forward who's on the board who's going to finalize our photos who's there who's going to allow our work to be published you know so that's what my concern is is that once the i don't want to say novelty but once the situation passes and the publications are now producing their work are they now moving forward going to have a certain count so will a certain percentage of our of their work have to be people of color or do they just pacify us with one couple a month to say that at least there was that one couple in our, in our publication this month, so you can't say we didn't diversify? You know, yeah. that's, that's what I'm wondering, is that what are the numbers going to look like? Are they going to put that one person on a list of 50? So we can't say that there wasn't one person on that 50 list or three out of 100? So that's almost a slap in the face, too. You know, you want to tell me out of, you know, X amount of wedding planners, event planners throughout a country, you couldn't find... 20 that were black or people of color mm -hmm. you know yeah. so that's also my concern is that how are they going to do don't just do the minimum to pacify right do something that's re really and truly meaningful and don't just you because you see in my signature it's a black woman submitting it don't just put my stuff out there because of that you know pick it because it's good you know there are a lot of excellent excellent um african-american wedding vendors that just don't get the shine that they should I don't, I, I don't know the solution, but I know I'm watching like a hawk and that's where my support is going to kind of go. Even in the photography industry, it's kind of exploded. I don't know if, um, I'm pretty sure like, um, you guys have like tons and tons of Facebook groups, but I mean, it's been, it's been rough. <laughs> like I've gotten out of a lot of different groups just with the back and forth and, um, it's been really taxing and I honestly don't, I honestly don't know what the solution is or, or what's going to happen. I do think it's going to kind of fall off a little. And some um, some publications and some uh, vendors, they just may return back to normal once, you know, everything dies down. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see who really, you know, does what they say they're going to do. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, what I'm doing right now too, is I'm making note of not just in the wedding industry, but I'm just making note of the people who are stepping forward to make a mental note to see what they're going to do six months from now, a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that there was a friend of mine sent me a screenshot from her Amazon. She signed into her fire account, her fire stick account. And on the top of it, Amazon has right on the, right under their logo on the homepage that they stand beside black lives matter, you know? Mm-hmm. So companies, I just want to see what everybody else is doing and to see how effective their actions are. So we don't want to have, you know, um, Summer McLean calls it the standing ovation where you stand up because you don't want to be the only one still sitting, you know, let's just see what these companies really do moving forward and how much of an impact that they make. I mean, here in Canada, um, there are a few companies, actually my, I know someone who works for one of the hydro companies in Toronto and their company is donating money to um, a black organization and they're matching anybody else's donations in the company. I mean, so they're making a donation on their own plus matching. So it's things like that that I would like to see larger corporations do. So that's kind of what I'm looking for in the industry and outside of it. And then how many times is this one donation and then you don't, you know, do anything else? Or it also um, makes me think about like, what can we do in our industry as well to kind of keep the momentum going? I feel like the talent has been here. That's, you know. There's no question about that, but what can we do to make sure that this doesn't die down as well and to stand up for ourselves a little bit more? Because I remember um, I was talking to another vendor friend and she was talking to a publication on Instagram and they were saying, well, they don't get any submissions from African-American photographers. So I said, okay, I'm going to go submit. And it's been about a week and a half, two weeks, and I haven't heard or gotten a response back from that email. So um I'm going to give it a little more time because they may be inundated with a lot of African-Americans, but um, it's stuff like that. You know, don't say that you don't hear from us, but mm-hmm. when, when we do submit, we don't hear from you or it doesn't fit your aesthetic right. or, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest thing we have to uh, really hold these brands and these companies accountable. It's not just, um, what they're saying this week or what they're posting or like a one time top 100 list like that to me is like, I mean, it's cute. And that's pretty much it. You know, um, how you're going to really make impact and really, you know, move forward and, and change the standard that has existed in the bridal industry for eons now is what we want to see. So um, I think that as a people, we generally are very uh, forgiving. (laughs) We are very welcoming. We, you know, that's just essentially like kind of in our nature. Um, This is one of those times that like, no, we we need receipts. (laughs) We need receipts. And um, there's this campaign called the pull up or shut up campaign in the beauty industry and it has been really amazing to see these companies like pull up and show us the receipts how many people of color how many black people do you actually employ um, what are the percentages so that when people can see hard mm-hmm. numbers when people can see real stats then it, it paints a real clear picture especially when your target demographic is black women, but you only have, you know, 2% black people even working within your company. Like to Mm -hmm. me, that is just not acceptable. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
it, it's the same energy with the bridal industry as a whole. You cannot say that you, you know, want to amplify black voices and um, give black people and people of color a platform and you have no black voices in the room. There are, you know, we just don't have a seat at the table, which is why podcasts like this exist, which is why you have your Muna Luchis and your Black Brides and those type of publications, mm -hmm. because we have been tremendously underrepresented in the bridal industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. The statistics about, you know, Black women in marriage and Black people in marriage in general um, is ridiculous. <laughs> and so we're just kind of like, it's just so many battles that we're fighting, you know what I mean, here. And um, while I am happy to see people making the effort to, mm -hmm. you know, finally acknowledge <laughs> the, you know, challenges that we face in this industry, um, I just, we have to see more long-term action. Mm -hmm. So I have yeah. a question. I know that we're all in different industries. But do any of you only work with Black-owned businesses or other vendors, or do you seek them out before other vendors? And if you don't, you know, has your view on that changed in the light of the current events? So for me, I, um, I work with everybody. <laughs> um, most of the vendors are Black vendors. It just seems like that's kind of who, you know, ends up referring you to others. But um, a lot of my brides also come to me and say they want African-American vendors, um, all African-American vendors for their weddings too. Mm -hmm. So um, most of the time the when the referrals come, it's generally gonna be an African-American okay. vendor, but like there are a lot of bakers, a lot of florists. I don't deal with too many um, Caucasian planners, but there are some other, there are vendors that I work with that aren't African-American, but the majority of them, yeah, they are. Okay. I do work, you know, I work with anyone, but primarily I do work with Black brides. And while I do have, you know, fair skinned Caucasian clients, I choose to use my platform to provide a place where Black women can see themselves represented. Because the honest truth is that for a white woman, you can go anywhere and find someone to do your makeup. Yep. Period. Um, you can type in beautiful woman on Google and you will see hundreds and gazillions of photos of women that look like you um, or women that you can relate to in some form or fashion. But for us, what I have found is most of my clients come to me specifically because they want to make sure that they have a makeup artist that can, you know, amplify their beauty, their skin, and really work with women of color. Um, and so I just kind of made that a, a, a priority for me, um, especially after my own wedding experience, just really struggling to be able to find, you know, black vendors as a whole. It was hard. <laughs> so, um, you know, and that was some years ago, but I hope that now with all of the changes, um, it will be less difficult for us moving forward. Right. Yeah, I, I too focus on Black Brides. I'm very new to the game. So um, I've only been in business for a few months. And so my three weddings that I have booked thus far are all Black Brides. 
Um, my Instagram is only black, black brides, but well, I won't say just black brides, but black couples. And I, I definitely, when planning weddings, seek black vendors first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ultimately let the client decide, but I will, you know, put forth a black vendor for something first and let them say, okay, well, no, I don't like this. And then we go from there. But I definitely do my best to push black vendors um, and to work with them as much as possible and, and definitely work with black couples. How about you, Wendy? For me, I do seek it out. Um, it was very important for me to have um, as many black vendors as I can. Um, not saying I wouldn't work with anyone who's not, but that just is my preference. Um, just, just to represent cause most of my clients too are people of color. So it's nice when you see us behind the camera. It's nice when you see us behind the cake and when you see us behind the catering. So it's nice to see that as a customer or as a client, just as, as much as this as a planner. So for me, that's why it's important for me. Makeup, yes, is a very big one. Um, and that was somebody that I secured first <laughs> and very quickly um, for those same reasons. I mean, there's challenges that we have that people who are not people of color do not have. So that was, that's why it's very important for me to seek them out first and build, and build a squad um, accordingly. I also just wanted to add, um, us as vendors, we kind of have to rely on each other for that community and those referrals and things like that. Because if you look at the preferred vendor list mm-hmm. of all of these venues, the likelihood of you finding a black person on there or a black owned business or an African-American vendor or however they want to phrase it, it's very unlikely. Um, so with that being said, it's important that we within our industry are able to support each other. I totally agree. And I think another important part of that too, is that I think someone else, I think it was you, Ashley, who was talking about it earlier, um, it leads to our exposure. So how we get our word out there and get our work out there is by our, through our own community. So that's why for me, it's very important to try and hire as many creative partners as I can that are people of color, because then that's where the referrals come from, which then tend to be people who look like us and then therefore building our network base a lot, a lot larger. And I'm all about referring um, the couples that come my way to other vendors that I work with. There's literally like a secret website I have for my brides. And there's this large Mm -hmm. section of vendors and they can go to planners, to makeup artists, to DJs. I mean, anybody that you can think of that I've worked with, you know, or that and I've seen their work, they've got access. They can click the link and they can go right to the person's website. So I'm definitely all about referring people out, especially, I mean, like I said, our industry, I don't know if I can say that enough. It's just so much talent. It's so much talent that just doesn't get the acclaim that it should. And it's a shame. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with y'all, especially about the preferred vendors list, because I know when I was going through my process, the majority of the vendors that I ended up booking either came from word of mouth or asking the vendor, hey, do you have a list of this or vendors that I can kind of like dig through because I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. Like, B, you're basically the reason why I'm probably seconds away from booking like my hairstylist and like my videographer came as a recommendation from my photographer and my 
planner came from a recommendation from my floral designer. So there's definitely a need there. And I think especially in like on our side of things, there are so many black vendors that just do not trust wedding wire or the knot. They don't feel like it's worth putting their business out there for any real like return. It's not. It's <laughs> um, not. I, it's, I mean, it's, I, it's a scam. It's a that's what it's I was about so to say. Like expensive. I just heard how much it costs just to be on there and just to like have an ad up there. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. And you'll be on like page 10 and <laughs> like, it's trust me. I tried to get on it as soon as I started. I was like, oh, yeah, wedding wire. Because, of course, I'm, like, green behind the ears. So I'm like, let me see what wedding wire has going. First of all, the man hounded me and called me 20 times. I was like, sir, I literally just started, and I have no money. Like, I am not paying you $1,000 a month. That's so ridiculous. Wedding wire is ridiculous. And the thing about it is, I think a lot of them assume that we don't have it to give. No, I have it, but I would rather give that money to – be collective magazine or to Munaluchi, you know, like I, I don't see what have you done to that you show me that you really deserve it. So as far as like wedding wire, I literally have a page, but it's solely to collect reviews. I won't give them a dime. <laughs> and yeah. especially because for photographers, we I found out that um I think wedding wire they support Shutterfly so in essence they're kind of taking money from us. So no, I'm not going to give you any money. And then we, you know, our people, I think when you put a review in on wedding wire, they go back and they start selling, trying to push people, the person who gave the review on Shutterfly. So for us, mm. it's kind of like, well, oh. why would I give you anything? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're in essence taking it from us. Mm. I didn't realize how predatory it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, there's Instagram, you know, like there's Instagram, there's word of mouth, people, like you don't you don't need wedding wire in the knot. Like maybe a lot of these um like white vendors or you know, more of the fair skinned <laughs> people of color, you know, I can't stand that term, but those <laughs> like maybe they need that more because someone might be, you know, debating between girl, I don't know, like this girl that specializes in the whimsical updo versus the one that does the swoop back bun. Like I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but you, you make a good point. Like from what I found, most of my brides they go there to look for vendors and like to get, I guess, the reviews to see what other brides have said. But as far as like style advice and that kind of thing, like I don't. Many of them aren't using that platform for that so that's why like i said I'll, i keep my page there solely to have reviews so they can hear from other brides that have worked for me but they're not getting style tips and dress ideas and all of that from them Mm-mm. and because like when you look at their little they have the little section of kind of like style ideas for you to kind of like create your little mood board or stuff there's nothing really on there that looks like what you would want because there aren't really like any black brides on there um some south asian ones sure but like there's not really a lot of diversity and so i think for me i used it primarily just for the venue like in communication with all the different venues that we were initially considering and then i think honestly the venue that we ended up going with i don't even know if they're on wedding wire i don't remember if we actually had that conversation through wedding wire or started it there um 
but after that or beyond that like there was no real need to find a vendor through there because either we already knew somebody that had worked with a particular person that we wanted or yeah because the majority of the vendors that we have if like if yeah about half of them i'll say can't like we know someone else where they were you know they did somebody else that we know's wedding like b did two brides that like we went to their weddings last year and based off the first one i was already like oh okay i I already know i already know i already know um but other people i mean like i i I understand now even more why black vendors are not using wedding wire or the not um yeah is there is there and i'm i'm the newbie to the group so is there a black alternative to that some sort of directory like i'm talking about a comprehensive directory of vendors it does that exist not to our knowledge um not currently i know there's one podcast that is trying to compile a list not us but um but hers is more about like collecting information so you can't really see the directory so i'm assuming she's building it out but she hasn't quite gotten to that point where it's launched yet we there are some but you have to be like in like munaluchi has one um but you got paid to be in the coterie i don't want to misspeak but i don't know if you have to pay to be on that one and of course black bride has one but you know you have to be um a member as well, and I guess I guess I understand because I know funds are limited, you know, for our publications, unfortunately. So they kind of have to get, you know, what they can get when they can get it. Yeah. But I don't. But there's nothing that I know of. There's nothing free that's specifically just for us that you can do like wedding wire or the not and just sign up and have a storefront. And that's the thing I'm noticing in general <laughs> about a lot of these like black owned directories. Period. They make you pay to use it. Even like some of these, like some Facebook groups I've seen you have to basically like pay to be in the group and I get it. Someone wants to make money off of it, but at the same time, like if people are just searching for something that should be available, if that vendor decides at that point, okay, let me, you know, try to promote myself and I want my listing to stand out from the next listing. Yeah. Maybe give them an opportunity, but you shouldn't like penalize just your average person that's searching. Yeah. Um, The only thing that's different you know, like, like say for the wedding wire, they get so much money in advertising, whereas like Munaluchi probably gets a quarter of that. If right, so I think that that's probably how those types of companies can have something that's free because they're getting money to help them. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't know if you pay a developer, I don't know how the whole process works, but I'm pretty sure like they have more funding than those places because at first when I saw, it, I was like, why do we have to pay? You know, but mm-hmm. um, I think the way I know the way Munaluchi does it. Um, it's exclusive. Coterie. Facts. Oh, that makes Facts. sense. But yeah, it's <laughs> but it's specific to like the people that are members of what you just said. So, um, okay. and I guess that's their way. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> but I guess that's their way of um, having a directory. But I guess it's like a preferred, you know, yeah. whatever list. But I mean, you still pay monthly to be a part of it but you're also getting like other stuff from them too it's not like you just drop your listing and you go don't you get like resources i mean information? Depending on, yeah to some extent like we just gotta 
we've got to make this information available for us without making folks pay for it. Like I get it. I get somebody needs to make money. I get it takes a lot of time to compile. But once you compile a bulk of it, a lot of it is just allowing people to add information to it. It, it, it's less about like you having to maintain it. And I feel you, you know, being whoever the company is, but I don't know. I just feel weird about the fact that it can't be free. I, I honestly get both sides. Cause I know they don't have the funding that rides and Southern bride and all of but them. Actually not, not to cut you off, but just to mm-hmm. peek back off of exactly what you're saying right now. That just speaks to the lack of opportunity for black creatives because you don't have any, like there is nothing for us to be able to have something like the knot or wedding wire where you have um, even equal representation. It doesn't even, you know, like not even saying that it has to be like an, an all black listing or, you know, something like that just to have fair representation we don't have that um and i mean we kind of can't speak to those issues without addressing the fact that within our industry within black creatives there are it's still very clicky so it does it it doesn't surprise me at all that you know like cara was saying that you're going to see the same photographers you know what i mean highlighted all the time or the same you know vendors of whatever category highlighted all the time in on certain platforms and while i do feel like it's important to have your moon and luchis and your black brides and you know um all of these other um black bridal platforms you know your big collectives etc it's still not really for everybody so, you know, there's definitely still a huge um, missing piece of what we need in our industry. And, and, I, and I spoke. There's not one for all wedding uh, vendors, but apparently it is easy to start. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, am <laughs> I am in a group called the Queen Photographers. Um, it's a national organization for Black female photographers, and they have, like, I call them chapters, but they have chapters all around the the city. But the um the founder of it, her name is Latoya Dixon Smith. Um, she actually I forgot about this. She just started. You can go to the website. It's called HireBlackWomenPhotographers.com, and she basically just told everybody, hey, you know, I need your information. Pick a picture that you like, you know, the most, and you know, fill out this form. And once everybody filled out the form, she created this website because again, people are always asking for black, you know, vendors. So I'm thinking if it's this easy for her to do it, it should be this easy. And so we didn't charge us to put our information there either. So it should be fairly simple for somebody to, you know, do something like this. But she literally just came out with that. And I, so I'm a lawyer also, Mm -hmm. and I'm a group of black um, women attorneys in, in Texas. And we created a directory for like hundreds of black female attorneys in Texas and it was literally now it may not look like the same platform as wedding wire it may not have your photo up there and it may not you know be a clickable sort of situation but it could be a spread i mean it could be anything that can easily be manipulated and and be made free so i i agree i think that it's just 
I see both sides, but I do think that it's just like, why can't it just be accessible for everybody? One challenge that I see is I haven't come across a list for people in the wedding industry, but we do have a lot of black owned businesses pages in the Toronto area. But what you find are those free pages tend to have very limited vendors of any, any industry. So it's almost as though you put your name on that, or even if you scroll through it, there's just a handful of people. So you kind of wonder, you know, in an area that we're very multicultural, there's hardly anyone on that. So it's, it's, so it seems to be one challenge. Either there is a free option, but then you have limited vendors listed there, or it's, or it's not up to date. You submit your information six months down the road, you still don't see your name on the list, or you have to pay an astronomical fee to be part of something that then now you just become a number. You know, you're way down on page 20, and then you have limited, limited access to anything else unless you pay even more money. So for people who are just starting out, it is difficult to be spending $1,000 a month just to be part of a membership. You know, networking is important, yes, but I think a lot of us tend to use these, these as more as areas to find clients or for clients to find us. So what I'm hoping for is that with this time now that everybody is promoting black businesses, that we can at least even network on our own and get those lists. So I've been doing that with Instagram when people are shouting out companies. I've been saving, screenshotting them and keeping them, a few of them I went and followed them and just kind of compiling my own list of people. But I haven't seen anyone come out with a list now that everybody's promoting businesses as to, okay, well, here are all your selected vendors in these different industries moving forward. So next question. Now that we have this newfound attention, how are we going to capitalize off of this? Have you all thought about that? I've been thinking about it. And I think that the important thing is the people who are acknowledging our talents, I think that's a time for us to really keep pushing. We've got to push extra hard now that people are looking for us now. So I think it's really important that we have to be a little bit louder than we were before for people to hear us. And then that will help us get our foot in the door. And even if it's out of guilt for them to hire a black owned business, just to say that they've done it, maybe we need to take opportunities like that just to get our exposure out there. And you know how it is. You're there. Could just be that one other person could be your referral for, for another event. I know for me, it's um, kind of two things. One is just making sure that I'm consistent, um, making sure that the information that I put out is correct and updated. And then the second thing, um, and I hate to say this, but, you know, to dispel that myth that, oh, you know, black um, doing business with a black company isn't the best or the service isn't the best, making sure the back end of my business um, is the way it needs to be so that, you know, there can be no complaints. You know, my customers or my clients get um, superior service when they come to me to help dispel that myth or do what I can to make sure that their experience working with a black owned company is a great one um, so that people can kind of stop putting that myth or that rumor um, out there, just doing my part to, you know, help everybody else out. I've been trying to, as a, a newer business, I've been trying to um, let brides know that like I do support black brides and I want to create a space for them. But also when I do get a bride to make sure, like Ashley was saying, that my service is like a one so that, they can always, they can be like, wow, I'm pleasantly surprised, you know, or, or, you know, they, they can, you know, spread the word that black businesses do in fact have excellent customer service. Cause I think some people, I've just heard so many horror stories of people who I can just say specifically for, um, 
wedding event planners and, and wedding coordinators, how these people like take their money and don't do anything. And it's, you know, a half job. And, and so you, you have these stereotypes out there that we're trying to, to demystify. So I'm definitely doing that. And I'm also trying to capitalize on all these, you know, big white brands that are following me and, and <laughs> reposting them and getting as many followers as I can and capitalizing on that. So I'm, I'm hoping that this um, will, you know, end up in an uptick of, of people actually paying black businesses to be vendors for their event. Um, and so we'll of course see in the net in the few coming months, but I think, you know, another thing that I'm hoping that we can do uh, is create that directory because yeah. that needs to be shared. It needs, mm-hmm. everybody needs to have access to it. I agree, Car. I think um, the biggest thing is, you know, just kind of, like Ashley said, keeping it consistent um, across the board and just making sure that, you know, your business as a whole is functioning properly. Um, but I just still kind of wonder, are these new, um, you know, white followers actually going to be hiring black vendors? You know what I mean? Like, is that mm-hmm. what, you know, I'm not doing anything different to like attract these new Mm -hmm. clients you know what I mean like these new followers and anything like that um but I'm just interested to see if they're actually going to be hiring um black vendors there you be I think the ones that have already been because there are there are several that do refer um me or you know other other couples to black vendors but I think that honestly I, I don't see a change happening not in that aspect I mean I just, I just don't, I think the ones, like I said, who've already been doing it, I think they're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't see them, especially if they have never physically worked with us, you know, before, I don't really see them referring it unless their client specifically says, oh, well, I want an African-American, you know, photographer or makeup artist. I see it almost as an opportunity for us to reach out a little bit more to let people know that we are here. Um, because a lot of, of the the defense often is, well, I don't know any. I didn't know of a black vendor. I didn't know of a black partner. So they don't do it. I mean, a lot of us have said even in the chat today that we rely a lot on um, word of mouth or rely a lot on previous referrals for our new referrals. But we're not really going outside of that circle. And I think that's what we need to start doing and to take advantage of the climate right now that people are looking for black businesses. So we need to really get out there and kind of go outside of our circle and take advantage of the people that are now following us, take, care, take advantage of the companies now who say that they're making donations to organizations, you know, approach them, approach them to do their corporate dinners when we open up, you know, something like that. You know, I think we really need to advertise our services to the people who are making it public that they're standing behind Black Lives Matter. So speaking of that, do you believe that vendors so let's kind of like go back to last week do you believe that vendors black and white should have said something or made a stance about everything that was going on and if they don't or if they didn't does that change how you feel about them like okay so Cause we saw a lot of white vendors last week posting the black box. Um, some put captions, some didn't, um, some described it, but, um, 
you know, like some kind of expounded on it or like they made their own version of their black box graphic just to kind of let you know that they stand in solidarity. But some did, some, like some did, but some didn't. And I noticed even like a few like black vendors that didn't really say anything or didn't really do anything kind of in that moment. Um, And I think my assumption is it's due to their proximity to white clients. Um, But it's also kind of like some folks I know they have like their personal account and some have their professional accounts. So on their personal page, they might've been like all up and down, you know, showing the protests um, videos and stuff like that on their page. But on their professional pages they might not have been that way so I was just wondering like as y'all as vendors as black women like did you need or want to see the respect of solidarity from white vendors or the acknowledgement of what was going on from black vendors and how did that make you feel if there was a absence of that so I would say I wanted to see it and if I didn't see it I'm not gonna lie and say I didn't feel some type of you know way um i get you know that some people may feel like they don't know what to say or if they say something they'll say the wrong thing but um for me personally yeah i needed to see that i I just i needed to see it and for those um vendors that i didn't see it yeah I, i did i felt some type of way some people i unfollow when i saw some of the other things that they were posting um but let's be frank you know sometimes they can they can post you know about a billion and one different things. And meanwhile, you know, our community is in essence traumatized and suffering because yet another black person is gone down the street, but you're posting about, you know, you and your dog playing in the pool, you know, like it, it kind of feels, it's not supposed to because that's somebody's life, but to me, it feels insensitive. Um, I, I wanted to see something. And if I didn't, it did make me feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. I agree with Ashley. I was definitely looking for something. And when I did see it, I looked to see what their actual comments were. That too. So was it just uh, a meme? Was it just a post? Or did they actually take the time to write something meaningful? That's what really stood out for me. Like there was one vendor, um, she's of mixed race and has experienced racism on different levels. But for her, it was normal. So when this happened and to see all the states protesting, people across the country protesting, it really amplified for her that her normal isn't normal. And she wrote a very lengthy post about that, thinking that, well, this is what I grew up with and this is just how I thought it was, not realizing that it's not okay. So for me, it was more meaningful. Yes, I did look for it, Ashley, but it was more meaningful to me to see what they actually had to write about and how it affected them. Yeah, I looked for it and I felt a way if they didn't post it. But then the other side of me is wondering if, like, yeah, like you were saying, Wendy, if someone posted something thoughtful and, you know, they were like, you know, a lot of white women's posts I saw were something to the effect of I've had blinders on and now my blinders have been removed. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. That sounds great. And I'm happy for you, but are you really feeling that way or are you pandering? And that is kind of the thin line that I kept kind of flip-flopping over because on one hand, yes, I wanted to see you acknowledge it because I do get mad when black people are dying and you're posting, you know, yourself eating a piece of apple pie. I feel away. But then on the other hand, are you only posting to pander to us? 
and it's it's like you and that's the thing about being black right you're constantly racking your brain to try to figure out someone's motives and how they really really feel about you and that i think is it, one of the things that that white people don't acknowledge and th- because they don't know mm-hmm. and i you know it just it's it it makes me feel i feel sad and like almost jaded for even having to to say in my mind is this even really how they feel? Are they only posting this to pander to me or do they really like want to understand what we go through and how they can help? So I, yeah, I wanted to see it, but low key, I didn't want to see it at the same time. I agree. I definitely wanted to see it from uh, non-black vendors. Like Wendy said, I definitely was looking for thought out, you know, responses. and <laughs> I was in their comments trying to see what their friends had to say and how they responded to that. Um, <laughs> but I didn't necessarily, I, didn't, I wasn't looking for it from Black people or Black vendors. And the reason being is just really primarily because we're, we're Black every day. I'm, I'm Black every day. So this was a moment, at least for me, to see where other people were. I know where we've been. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want to see where you are on the issue. And like, you know, like Cara said too, it's kind of like, okay, you know, it still made you kind of side-eye some of the brands and some of the companies because your track record has shown Mm -hmm. consistently the opposite of what you're saying right now, you know? But... I don't know. It's just like Cara said, it's hard because you just don't really know if it's genuine um, or if it's not. And I guess the only time will really tell how, you know, some of these vendors and people in general and companies and brands move forward from here. I think Ashley, she shared a post with me. Um, I think it was a photographer or an artist. Um, a brand had reached out to her and um and asked her to do a piece or something like that oh but, yeah but they were like hey can you please get this to us within a week you know um because i feel like you know, this movement is going to die down so we just need your i guess your photo or like your piece it, it was a week. girl who does murals gotcha. and okay. so yeah. they wanted a black lives matter mural on their I can't remember where she's located, but it was Microsoft. They wanted their a Black Lives Matter yeah. mural spray painted on their like um, their boarded up um, windows or glass or whatever, and they wanted her to like get this done within the week while it's still relevant. Yeah, because for them, they're already like we already know that this is go- we're going to move on to something. But while we're here, let's get a cute little you know kind of photo opportunity. Mm-hmm on our um on our store so that you know people could what yeah so (laughs) so we could take some pictures post it on our social um people walking by like i've seen so many videos of like these influencers or folks that want to be influencers that are like protesting like uh, appearing to protest and you see Mm -hmm. a lot um like someone is filming them and their friend and their friend is capturing them like walking with someone. And then after they get the shot, they like walk away or somebody is like pretending to spray paint a building. And then after they like spray paint the building, then they walk away or they ask for like 
let me put on a mask. And so I could like stand in front of this boarded up building. Okay. My friend got the shot. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for your bandana. Let me walk away. Because for them, this is something that you can do for a second and then walk away from. And we can't do that because the second you see us, you know, we're black. We can't take this off. I have this conversation at work because everybody feels like this is just a trend. This is just something we're doing right now. It's a conversation. Let's, you know, get uncomfortable and all that for a minute and then move on. Or like B was saying earlier, you know, let's, let's make it Black Lives Matter and let's make it pride. <laughs> let's, let's turn it into two things at once because, you know, we have two marginalized groups. So let's try to knock out both of these birds with this one stone. Anyway. All right. So have y'all dealt with or felt like y'all had to minimize showing yourself in any of your marketing or like on any of your Instagrams or whatever, like refusing to share photos of yourself because you didn't want it to deter from clients? Like we've heard from several vendors that were like, yeah, I wasn't posting pictures of myself for a while because I didn't want people to know I was black. I wanted them to find out after they got on the phone with me, but, or if we met up in person, but, you know, kind of dealing with that. And I don't, I don't know necessarily if like for, um, if that is more of a thing within, um, like you be, it would be harder for you to like hide the fact that you're a black woman, because I don't think most people would trust, you know, like, Oh, you don't do my makeup, but you're, you're white. What you know, like <laughs> you have to be a little visible, but um, is this something that you felt like y'all have had to deal with or even navigate around? I know for me, like that's the main reason that I got out of corporate America to do photography is so that I could be myself. Um, I always felt like I was myself, but you know, when you're the only black person in the whole office, you do kind of feel like you have to censor yourself or you're always on display, or you know, don't get angry because you don't need a mad black woman, but. Um, I'm, I'm just myself. Um, and that's one of the things that I like about, um, you know, having this business that's mine. And I think the good thing about the way things are now, people want to get to know you. Um, so it does kind of give you more free reign to really be yourself. And if they like you, great. If they don't, great. It's somebody out there for them. But I haven't felt stifled or anything. And I have white clients and I love them and they love me just, you know, just the same. It's been really freeing for me. Um, coming from corporate America to just really be able to be myself and let my business be 100% mine. I mean, for me, my company is all about my personal brand, which is me. So I was never reluctant to be known for the color of my skin. And a lot of my um, branding experts have said that, you know, people want to know you. Being an event planner and a wedding planner, people need to trust you. People need to know who you are. People need to feel comfortable with you. So if I'm hiding behind my event photos or hiding behind my work, I won't be able to build the trust with potential clients. So it wouldn't benefit me in any way to shield who I am. And then the second point would be that identifying myself as Black and being very clear to do that, it helps me to then build a stronger network of other Black creative partners because that's really something that's important for me for my business. I posted a picture of me like almost immediately in starting my Instagram because I want people to know I'm black. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, if I get white clients, which I'm sure I will at some point in the future, they'll know I'm black. I just, I, I don't, 
I never even thought about that being an issue. Maybe for people who are in markets where there aren't a lot of black people, I could see that being an issue. But I mean, with event planning being so transient, I mean, you can live in, you know, I live in DC and I planned and executed a wedding in San Antonio, Texas. So, I mean, it really, I guess, doesn't matter. I'm confused that at vendors that say that they don't want people to know that they're black. That seems, was there, can you give more information about that, Ashley? Like, yeah. So I think like one vendor in particular, and this is like, some of this is actually from our episode from last week. So like Lanil, who is my floral designer, she's based in Alpharetta. So she's posting pictures of the floor, you know, like her arrangements and the bouquets and stuff like that. But because Alpharetta is very white and very white with money, you know, some of them could just generally judge you because it's like, mm, I, you know, might not have necessarily gone with the black florist if I would have known that she was black, you know. But you didn't see that first. You just saw all these, like, amazing bouquets. And then it was like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is fine. And, you know, I think for what Lanil does, it's not very many of us, too. Also. It's easy for them to, very easy for them to exclude her. You know, as far as photographers, makeup artists, planners, I mean, there's a good bit of us. But that, especially in Atlanta, isn't tapped. And she is amazing. Like, her work is, she blows a lot of people out of the water. So I feel like a lot of it, has to do with with that yeah and okay now that you've said that yeah that makes sense a floral a floral designer in that area and floral design period i mean it's Mm -hmm. just it's it is not i don't know a ton of black florists Mm -hmm. that do a really really good job at design Mm -hmm. Um, so i can see that i i guess just for the planner side it's like there are so many of us and you know, our, our market is, is very, you know, who, you know, based, um, network based. So I want people to know I'm black, but I do understand for her situation. But I thought about too, like a calligrapher, you know, everybody likes the the nice invitations, you know, with the fancy writing of them. I mean, in essence for them, it would be easy for them to hide, you know, who they are. Um, because in essence, they're just physically, they're just providing that physical product. So nobody technically would have to know, um, but most of the time, it's from what I've seen, it's a lot of white couples that utilize those types of services. So I, in that case, I, I wouldn't do it, but I could see why somebody may try to hide, you know, based off that. Yeah, because I think it, it, it eliminates the possibility of that subconscious bias that people tend to have that they don't really realize. So mm-hmm. it's easier for you to identify with the vendor that also has blonde hair and blue eyes versus you know this very trendy popping black girl mm-hmm. you don't know anything about you automatic you know and I, I feel like a lot of these people um and i think it was you car that mentioned earlier that a lot of the captions stated like oh i had my blinders on you know, and now that they're, now they're off, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't really realize that internalized racism or bias that they have. Um, you know, people think that racism is just like lynching and calling people the N-word, you know what I mean? And like, you know, the extremes, um, but they don't. Crosses really- in the yard. 
exactly. But they don't understand that all of those little microaggressions um, are a part of that, you know, racial structure. So, And I guess for me, it's hard for me to, because we live it. You know, we see, like, we've grown up with this. Our parents have talked to us. We, My husband has been slammed on a police car for walking down the street in the wrong, quote, unquote, neighborhood. So it's been a way of life for us. So I guess that's why it's so hard for me to really grasp why this is such an eye opener. I remember when, I don't know if y'all remember when all that stuff went down with Style Me Pretty, um, when they got kind of accused of not posting us as much um, Mm -hmm. as they should. And then um, when they needed something or when something happened, then they threw a black girl's hand on um, some type of graphic that they posted on Instagram. And there was like this huge, Mm -hmm. huge backlash from it. So I'm like, okay, well, y'all didn't, you didn't learn from that. Like, I don't, I guess for me, there's been so many instances where people have been called out before in the past. I don't understand why nobody took a look at themselves then. Um, because Style Me Pretty was, is such a huge, was such a huge account and such a huge um, team or, or just whatever you want to call it. So that when that happened to me, that's, it was more of them that followed Style Me Pretty than us. Because again, they never really featured us. So I would think that that would have even caused you to say, huh, let me look at my company so this doesn't happen to me. But it seems like nobody did that. So again, that's why I think I have such a problem with why now, because there's been so many other instances that could have caught your attention and it just didn't. Maybe because everybody's stuck at home and, you know, nobody has anything else to do but watch TV or, you know, social media, but. That's why I keep hearing people say, everyone's like, well, you know, the reason why is because all stuck at home and people are just so frustrated and people have gotten laid off and you know they just don't have anything to do and I'm thinking so sheer boredom essentially is what (laughs) drove you to realize that black men and black women are dying by the cops and by white vigilantes because I'm like George Floyd was not the first George Mm -hmm. Floyd wasn't the first on camera Mm -mm. He wasn't I don't really understand that either. I really didn't understand. I mean, and not that he doesn't deserve, right. of course, yeah, platform. But I really didn't understand why now. Like, why? Why is it this one? This one, right? That like, oh, enough is enough. You know what I mean? Um, because we've had dash cams, we've had the body cams, we've had the cell phones, and y'all still get on here, and y'all still make up these lies, and y'all still act the fool. And so, have, and, and us, as far as Black people, we have still been upset, we have still been talking about it, we have still been doing what we can do, so I, again, so in my opinion, the only thing that changes is that white people got on board. Um, yeah. And, but I'm not sure that's why it took this that, and that's not what I'm so many Because I was bored in the house and the house bored. Yeah. I think what it is, is there's, I think it was <laughs> I mean, as you rightfully said, it's not the first time we've had the camps, we've had the video recordings, we've had people calling in all of that. I think what the difference this time was that it was a quick succession of so many deaths in such a short period of time. Mm. I think that combined with the global frustration, the global f- confusion, like the global anxiety of the time that we're in. I mean, I even saw a post today that apparently the three mo- three planets have lined up and all of them were in alignment with previous revolutions. You've seen that you saw that one, Ashley? Uh-huh. So, so there might even be like a cosmic influence to this, but it seems like there's so many underlying factors that everything was brewing and bubbling at the same time and the pot just bubbled over. Yeah. And I'm grateful for 
like all of the people that have kind of, you know, got on board and that whose eyes are open. Um, and I guess you can't, for me, I try not to say, well, what took you so long? You know, but it is, like I say, as far as our industry is concerned, when people say that, you know, they never realize, and I'm like, I, I distinctly remember when all of that went down with Style Me Pretty, and that was a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. And nobody learned, Style Me Pretty learned, but nobody else learned from that. I, you know, even with what's going on now, um, I'm learning watching how companies are maneuvering during this time, you know, because you never know when something's gonna happen with your business. But I'm watching them, seeing how they're handling things so that, you know, I'm getting this information from me. God forbid if something like that ever happened, you know, to my business. So I would think everybody would be looking, you know, and, and trying to learn from it, but maybe not. Um, okay, so last question. Have you ever dealt with overt or passive racism while working in the industry? If so, can you share your story? I have not. Um, like I said, if it happened, normally when I'm out shooting, I'm kind of, I've got my blinders on. So I may have completely missed it. They called me something they weren't supposed to call me. But um, no, I, um, I haven't, thankfully. Good. Um, so yes, I have. Uh, however, it has not been within my own business. And that primarily is because I choose to work with people that are in alignment with me. So um, I just don't end up with crazy foolishness. However, I mean, I worked for Mac for eight and a half years. So yeah, of course, you know, you have white people come in and think that you can't do their makeup because they're white, you know, or not because they're white, but because you're black. <laughs> um, or, you know, they make comments about your skin tone that they somehow believe is a compliment you know and it's just kind of it's one of those situations it's kind of difficult because like you're at you're at work you know what i mean so i can't just like go into like let me take my earrings off <laughs> <laughs> um mode but i'm i i have always addressed it in a way that I'm able to sleep at night because that like if I didn't say something or I didn't let them know that like that was rude <laughs> you know what I mean or you know kind of educate them on why our skin is different and how this isn't really a compliment and if you know like just kind of using it as a teachable moment and usually um it ends civilly you know what I mean um if that really changed their perspective going forward or not and how they say things or, you know, um, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, in the beauty industry, it's just, it, it's very normal to have those kind of occurrences. I haven't experienced it, but it does make you very aware. You always want to make sure that you cross all your T's and dot all your I's. You want to make sure that you show up on time. You don't want to meet any of the stereotypes that they have of us. Um, back to your earlier point, it's about you want to show that your business is solid, that you are a professional and you're an expert in your field. So while I haven't experienced it, I am aware of what some of the um, preconceived notions may be about me. So I try to try my best to combat that. Yeah, I haven't experienced it either. And I haven't experienced it yet. I feel like it will come. Um, I don't know when or how and in what manner, but um, like Wendy said, I just do my best to make sure that I am literally on top of every single detail um, mm -hmm. and, and to make sure that the day goes smoothly so that 
you know, if they do say something about me, it's not because I didn't do my job well. Um, it's because they have their own issues with whatever. Um, but I do, I, I, I foresee it probably happening. I just, I hope that I'm able to hold my tongue in that moment. Um, and like Ashley, either I don't hear it or I, um, I'm able to really remain as professional as possible because I do have a slick mouth. So that may not be good. <laughs> and you know, that in and of itself to me is um, a challenge because I mean, I'm just generally a nice person. I mean, you know, I, I just am. And Sometimes when I'm out, I'm just being me and people are taken aback. I guess they expect something, you know, totally different. And it's almost like I am trying to make up for lost ground, you know, because of somebody else's stereotypes of what they may have even seen before with other, you know, vendors. And it's like, well, no, this is just me. This is what you're always going to get. You know, it's not extra or it's not fake. Um, but I will say, like, especially for me, like I was in corporate America for 13 years. I've seen my fair share of racial bias and you know, discrimination and dealt with the owner of the agency that I worked for saying some really disrespectful things, you know, to me about the black community. So I know, I know it when I see it because because I've experienced it. But like I said, thankfully, I just, I haven't, not in the wedding industry, at least. Mm-hmm. I'm happy but to But I that. have found in- interesting, sorry. <laughs> um, what I have found interesting is that I have seen a lot of posts within the beauty realm and like, you know, different makeup, groups and pages that I'm a part of that a lot of, um, I'll say white passing, um, artists have shared how freely people, you know, verbalize and express their racism in their presence because they feel like it's okay. It's okay. Cause like you're one of us and they find themselves in very uncomfortable situations. Um, you know, while working and uh, have a hard time, you know, finding the right things to say, um, you know, and I've seen where some people actually just left, you know, because they, they just didn't agree. Some people saying like they wish they could have said something, but they did, you know, didn't know how to say anything. And you kind of feel like, you know, when you're hired to do a job, well, a, a lot of people feel like when you're hired to do a job, that all of a sudden you no longer have a voice, um, which is not the case. Um, because while I'm here professionally, I'm still a person, you know what I mean? And so the same respect um, and appreciation that, that I have for a client, I expect the same. Um, and that includes, you know, not verbally abusing <laughs> me or my team, which to me that would fall into that category. So that was very interesting. Um, it just kind of makes you wonder, you know, what some of these people say when you're not in the room. Now, I do have a question too, um, B, and it's for you. So okay. I've come across, um, so like all of the, I like makeup artists who can do everybody. Cause I do, of course I do a lot of black brides, but I have a lot of white couples as well. And I have a lot of mixed parties. So they may have, you know, a couple of uh, black girls, a couple of white girls, whatever. Um, and for me, I think it's very important and professional for a makeup artist to have makeup for everybody. I mean, hell, if Barney's in the the bridal party, you need makeup to put on Barney too. But I've heard a, <laughs> I've heard a lot of brides say like that they were referred to a makeup artist and it was a white makeup artist and she did not she told them that they would have to bring their own foundation. 
Yeah, it's very ghetto. It's very ghetto. Yeah, but and I'm thinking to myself, like, if you have a business, you're supposed to be able to service everyone. And I know a lot of the black makeup artists, they have every shade, whether they get to use it or not. So I don't see, not that I don't, I just don't understand the, like, why it's okay for them not to have every shade. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, that has actually also been a topic of discussion in a lot of the makeup and beauty groups. Um, back to a point that, that Cara uh, pointed out earlier, like how people are saying like, oh, you know, I have my blinders on, like now I'm realizing, you know, da 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 People have had a moment to self-reflect like, wow, I really don't have anything to accommodate Black people at all. And then, you know, asking them to bring their own products. I even still see it even now, like when I do um, more fashion shoots and things like that. And you have a lot of agency models who are used to working with white artists because the white artists are the ones that get agency opportunities. Um, They bring their own foundation. And I'm like, I have what you need. (laughs) You know, like, you don't have to bring your own things. So it just goes back to it just not being the same for us as it is. Like, we, we can't, it's not the same set of rules or expectations. So, you know, I'm not sure who it was that mentioned it earlier, but like when you're a Black-owned business, you have to go above and beyond to prove that you're not, you know, like this stereotype or that stereotype or, you know, that they boxed you into a category with their other bad experiences. Um, so it's the same thing, you know, even in the beauty industry, um, as a black artist, you are expected to be able to do any and everything. And, you know, your white counterparts only, you know, it, it's just that expectation is just not there. Um, I guess I see it with us too. Um, there's been several times in Facebook groups where you'll have a white photographer come in and say, I have a black couple. I'm doing an engagement session. Can you spam me with poses of black couples? And I'm like, well, you pose us the same way that you pose. <laughs> or, edit. <laughs> or edit. I've seen that. Like yeah. photographers not really knowing how to, you know, do editing on darker skin. have lizard legs. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, seriously, like my white couples, like I don't think, oh, well, how should I pose? No, like they're, they're people, like, you know, they're people in love. You pose them like people in love are. Like, I don't even see why that's an acceptable question to ask. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's very, um, it's very, very common. And, you know, like you said, Ashley, I've, I've had brides where they completely fail to mention that their bridal party is 90% white. And we show up and it's like, oh, okay <laughs> you know but we're ready to work you know yeah. but we're ready for it um but for us you have to if you, if you were in your white friend's wedding you are gonna make sure that she tells her makeup artist that it's a white girl in this wedding <laughs> because that, we just have to go above and beyond to make sure that we are taken care of and they don't have that concern they don't have that word I think it's just like, just in general, when you think about like pop culture or things like that, where you can recall something that say, okay, I love The Office. Um, So I can tell you about an episode of The Office and I can also tell you about an episode of Girlfriends or Insecure. 
you can probably just tell me about an episode from the office or you could probably tell me about friends but you can't tell me about living single you know like we have to know our world and theirs and they don't Mm -hmm. no one has ever told them or helped them to like there's this whole other world that you don't have to you're not responsible of knowing but for us, they might make a reference to Game of Thrones. Granted, I watched Game of Thrones, but like they might make a reference to Game of Thrones. And if you don't know it, you're looked at kind of weird because it's right. like, what do you mean? Everybody mm-hmm. watches Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Or the majority watch Game of Thrones. I think it comes down to um, people that are non-Black see themselves everywhere. So there's no need for them to really consider someone who doesn't look like them, someone mm-hmm. who doesn't behave like them, because everything caters to them. Yeah, And I think that's what we see trickling over as you're talking about being in the makeup industry. And I remember I was doing an event and one girl was very, very fair. And she brought her own makeup because she said that oftentimes the artists don't have anything fair enough for her complexion. Even though she is black, she has a very fair complexion. And she says, this is just what I have to do because oftentimes they don't have anything to match my skin tone. And she says, and it bothers me so much that I don't understand why this doesn't happen. You know, so you see kind of the flip side, you know, it's almost as though we cater to ourselves and people who are non-Black cater to themselves. And then sometimes if you get caught in the middle, then you miss out. Mm. But I think it's things like that that our white counterparts don't understand that trigger those those feelings within us. You know, I just, I, they just don't get it. Yeah. I saw a statistic a couple of days ago that said that 80% of Black people live in 17 states. And so when you really look at it, I mean, that's like 33 states that don't have any Black people. Um, so if you don't have any Black friends and you don't go to school with Black people and you're, you don't go to church with Black people, you have no understanding of Black people um, at all. Or you know black people and assume all the black people that you know, you know, or all the other black people are just like the ones that you know, or you somehow have a way of separating this black person that you're close to from other black people because you see that a lot where they're like, oh well no, like Ashley, you're you're not like those black people. You know what I mean? Um it just really shows how much common sense and empathy and understanding has to be brought to the table because that could be said, you know, about any anyone, you know what I mean? I mean, we as Black people sympathize and empathize with, you know, the struggles of Native Americans, the struggles of, you know, Hispanics, you know what I mean? We show up and support everyone. So it's not like, oh, because you're not a victim of this and we don't understand, um, but for some reason, white people feel like they don't have to. Because we support them too. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think they feel that they don't have to because they've never had a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's nothing for them to identify with because the laws are made in their favor. You know, things, they look, open a magazine, they see themselves. You know, you go into a store, it's usually a white person behind the counter. So, you know, everywhere they go is them. They don't know what it's like to have to walk into a place how people look at you the minute you walk in the door. You know, they don't know what it's like to 
you know, you go to a professional conference out of 500 people, there's two people of color in that room and all eyes mm-hmm. are on you. You don't know what that feels like, you know? And I remember um, the university that I went to, I had, I had a friend that was white. It's funny because all my friends were black except for her and all her white, all her friends were white except for me. <laughs> so I would introduce her as my white friend and she would always introduce me as her black friend. Right. So it was just our inside joke. So I would tell her things because back then we were watching Martin and Living Single and all those things. And I would tell her, um, I remember one night I went over to her, her place and her and her roommates were watching Friends. I said, I don't watch Friends. And she says, why? I said, because I can't understand when one of them doesn't have a little black friend. Like, I don't understand that. So, <laughs> so I never watched it. So she was telling her roommate, she says, would you believe Wendy said she doesn't watch Friends because of no black people? I said, no, I don't watch it. I says, but on the flip side, I bet you don't watch the shows I watch either. So you watch where you, who you see and you understand that comedy. I watch who looks like me and I understand that. You know, so that's part of what it is, is that they don't have the struggles that we had to identify with. Everything is for them. You know, um, when you want to look at heroes and things like that, why people don't have heroes, why people don't have role models and things like that, we do. And that's why if there's ever any change, like when you look at these cartoons, when there's changes to cartoons, everybody's in an uproar. Heaven forbid you make one of the characters black. Oh, this what, is what, what was that? Was. Little Mermaid? Where that was like a, the, the <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. 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 And that's why these things are beautiful. It's the same thing with Annie. Yeah. Because that's what they have to identify with fiction. So they don't have the real struggles that we have. That was so, listen, that was really, that was shady and I loved it. That was funny. <laughs> that was too funny. I didn't realize my mic was still on. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, though. Like, who were their heroes? Carrie Bradshaw? <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie, Wendy. Your friend would have liked me because I love me some friends. But I also love Living Single and Martin and the Different World. And all that. I'm telling you, friends, I can laugh my butt off all day long. I can't even but name the character. But like what, what, what Ashley said, like we have to know their world and ours and they only have to know theirs like that. I, I never heard anybody like say it in that way, but that is, that's so true. And they don't understand the exhaustion that black people and especially black women, like we are exhausted because we're literally having to do, we have this like dichotomy of everything and we have to perform in every single realm. We have to be ourselves at home and then be a completely different person at work and then a completely different person when we're in the wedding industry. We have to know references and sports that we don't give a darn about, shows that we don't give a darn about just to relate in an elevator that isn't made for us. It's like we are exhausted. And that's, I mean. Election plate to car, please. <laughs> I, I just keep, I mean I'm just saying like I just keep going back to the fact that like it's it's this innate issue that they they don't understand how much work goes into being a professional black person and I think that's the part that makes me the most angry yep. because they're like oh well I mean yeah we'll put you yeah we'll, we'll put a black bride in in you know brides.com yeah sure we'll, we'll post that but like do you know what goes into all of it? We're, we're already dealing with the fact that we don't have representation. So then when we get representation, we feel like imposters because we're like, oh, we're not really good enough because there's not many people that look like me here. 
Like it's this cyclical kind of like exhaustion that I'm just tired of. We'll be moderately hopeful that things get better and that, you know, inclusion is more of a thing. But, you know, we've watched this movie before. We know how it ends. So (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. Um, Just y'all, like if y'all are out there, whether you're, you know, like just going to the grocery store, going to see some friends, working, whatever, be safe. Um, cause Rona is still out here too. She be putting on her mask and protesting (laughs) (laughs) at all. This woman is not discriminating. Child, she be eating at the restaurant, sitting on the patio, right along with everybody else. Um, so y'all have a good night again. Thank y'all for coming on the show. Um, Thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.